rising on an emerging generation of kings. pressure when pressure gets worse and we gave a couple of reasons why the pressure might be getting worse we've spoken about 10 factors of pressure in your life who remembers some of the 10 factors family friends fame future faith fame frustrations foes fantasies and factors of life then we spoke about five people that could be responsible for your pressure do you remember God could be responsible for your pressure. The devil could be responsible for your pressure. You could be responsible for your pressure. People could be responsible for your pressure. And then a combination of all of those. Then we start looking at some of the reasons why the pressure might be getting worse. Right? We said number one, the pressure might be getting worse because you don't know why the pressure is getting worse. Thank you for the fancy background media, but if you have the list, you can project it, but if you don't have it yet, you can just update it, okay? Number two, we said you're using vanity metrics to gauge your progress in life. That's the second reason. So, Facebook likes and shares how many whistles you get in the day, you know, like how many people are winking at you and the club hopefully you're not in the club amen Amen. and you don't drink club amen amen the fact that you want to win the trophy does not mean you should drink it do you think that's good eh? (laughs) number three your theology is inaccurate or incomplete so maybe you have a theology that is a fantasia theology that does not have any room for suffering, for long suffering. See, suffering is a part of the Christian walk. In fact, God also gave you the Holy Spirit to comfort you in sufferings. You see that now. So you will suffer, but you should not suffer more than is necessary. There's some sufferings you should not have to endure. And when you align with the Holy Spirit, you will not get into unnecessary suffering. Amen? If there's anybody in any kind of suffering, I pray that the Lord in his mercy will shake you out of it. That your eyes will be, will be clear to see what the Lord is doing. And that you will not spend one day longer in that stage of your life. In the name of Jesus. Number four, maybe God's hand is strong upon you. So humble you, someone at the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you when? In due time. When you have paid your dues. That's due time. Number five, we say, uh, number, number four, number, f- number five, you forget that this is not the place. That there is a coming age of perfect beauty. There's a sinless world where there will be no more tears of pain. Number six, we said, maybe because you don't give, uh, give yourself enough grace. Right? So we spoke about Jonah, midweek service, uh, the teaching online. Join us every 7 p.m. on Wednesday. Has, has that been good? Very good, right? Just has a different flavor to it. Like, I don't know, is it more into what, what, what do you think it is? More interactive, more engaging, and have a bit more time? More personal touch, like the examples and illustration and all of that. And then you can have them in the comfort of your home for now, amen? Just enjoy, enjoy that. Number seven, you don't give others grace. Number eight, we said maybe because you're comparing yourself to others. 
and competing with people who don't care or who may not even know you exist. And that was a very hot point on Wednesday. The number nine was said, maybe you have exaggerated expectations and bogus desires, false burdens and aspirations that are not from God, but they masquerade themselves as divinely urgent assignments. And so you are benchmarking yourself against what God did not send you to do. Right? Number 10, your appetites exceed your assets your appetite exceed your assets and the dividends you are expecting exceed the investments you have made so i want to attempt in this service to cover the next 10 so help me god if i'm not able to cover the next 10 we'll continue on wednesday we'll continue on wednesday and conclude on wednesday i'm hoping that on wednesday we can do some intervention which means that we then have people who are going to be spotlighted and come on the virtual stage to share what the pressure points in their lives are and i'm going to coach them prophetically and pastorically and and tutorially, practically, how they can navigate there. It is good to see Larry in the house of God with the believers of Kings in this local assembly this Sunday morning. Come on, let's celebrate the fine boy. What's this muffled? I'm so excited to see you. Yeah, and I think you have some things to tell me, isn't it? Awesome. All right, so number 11 is this. Maybe the pressure is getting worse because, watch this, your dreams exceed your disciplines. (laughs) And your cravings exceed your consecration. So maybe the reason the pressure of Excuse me. You're feeling the pressure in a deeper dimension is that you are lusting after people's results without paying their prices. So what that means is you have a big dream, big, big expectation of yourself, but when it comes to doing the disciplines that deliver that value, we don't see you there. Oh, can we talk? Look at your neighbor and say, I suspect pastor is talking about you this morning. So our case study in this point has to be Joe Boy. Somebody say Joe, Joe, Joe Boy. Joe Boy. Who's Joe Boy? Joseph in the Bible. He had big dreams. And please, I want to just encourage everybody, if you will, do yourself the favor of listening to the earlier service because I've just focused on blueprinting images. How the visible, how the invisible becomes visible. You need the bridge of images. Your life is the reflection of your most dominant thoughts. So whatever you are printing outside in the material realm is a reflection of what you have absorbed as truth in the subconscious realm. Please understand this. The prophecies of Jesus predated the birth of Jesus. Because when prophecies come, they come not just to excite you, they come to impregnate you. They come to fill your subconscious mind and your spirit man with the intention of God in an intelligent form. 
So when you receive a prophecy, dance and shout and clap. But you know what? You also need to do meditate on it. Meditate. The meditation is what makes the image personal. Are we here? So Joseph had a dream. And we see this now. We see it in Genesis 37, 5 to 9. Genesis 37, 5 to 9. Now Joseph had a dream. And he told it to his brothers. And they hated him even more. Is there anybody who has felt the weight of hatred. When you have not even become the dream you had. You're like all I have is the idea. The blueprint. The template. The suggestion. Good to see you. And all of a sudden, people are already hating on me. Do you know what I should tell you? That the invisible realm is so real. That even your dream is a threat. (laughs) The invisible realm is so real. That even a prophecy... A word of knowledge, a revelation that comes, once it comes into the place of human consciousness, do you know some demonic force already deployed to frustrate you at the point of dreaming? Now, please don't cooperate with them by not aligning with the disciplines that will make the dream come true. Did you get that? He said, he shared the dream and they hated him even more. And look at what it said. Please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were binding sheep in the field. And behold my sheep arose. And also stood upright. And indeed your sheep stood all around. And bowed down to my sheep. Media help us so we can see the word of life. And his brother said to him. Shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more. Watch this. For his dreams. But not only for his dreams. They hated him more for his words Genesis 37 5 to 9 so there are two dimensions dreams and words dreams and words the dreams talk about the possibilities and the pictures the words are a reflection of your level of discipline because it's what you say that lets me know how prepared you are for what you want part of it which means that you know somebody who is mature by what they say, right? You can tell that this person is not really smart after they talk for two or three minutes. That's so. Oh, can we speak now? Some of you are like, I don't even need two or three minutes. After 30 seconds, I can tell where this conversation is not going. So, watch this now. Joseph had a dream, but he didn't have the discipline. He had the dream, but he didn't know it's not every time you share what God has told you in private. It's not every time you post on social media what God told you become in 2025. Because there's a generation that is so used to showing everything, including the things they've not really understood themselves. Oh, come on, don't be slow this morning. Tone is good, volume is too high. Dreams. I want to be this. I want to be that. So let's let's get practical. How many people here want to be super famous for the kingdom, for the gospel? You want to be well known across the world. Come on, raise your hand. Don't be shy. You want to be known for good things. You want to be an author, a writer, an inventor, a speaker, a communicator, a coach, a spokesman, maybe a charity leader, a social work, a pioneer somewhere. You want to be that? So you want to be very popular and famous, right? Right? It's not everybody that wants that. So don't feel the peer pressure to say yes. If you don't want, you don't want. Amen? 
Now, if you want to be popular, raise your hand. So that's the dream. Do you know what the discipline is? When you're popular and people that are not your schedule come to talk to you, what will your attitude be? Because that thing that causes you to be popular also increases your haters, right? So how are you handling the trolls on Twitter right now? Someone says, I'm not even on Twitter. That means you're not even ready to expose yourself to the number of people you're likely going to lead in the future. That means you have a dream of popularity, but it's actually now a delusion because there is no discipline that is supporting that journey. Oh, come on now. Can we talk? Look at your neighbor. Say, I know you have big dreams, but how far with your disciplines? I want to marry. I want to marry. I want to marry. I'm trusting God for a tall, dark, handsome, suave, Holy Ghost anointed, charismatic, whole stylish poser. But ordinary indomie and egg that you cooked, you cannot share with your flatmate. Oh, can I talk right now? Because if you can't share, you're not ready to marry. So you have a dream of marriage, but it's becoming a delusion because all you think about yourself is me, myself, and I incorporated. I'm not hearing the ouch and the amens now. I want a woman, a woman of God, a woman of power and passion, a woman who can speak into the spirit and pamper me and then raise my sons as prophets. But you know they pray. You want a woman that will do all the praying for you. But while she's doing braki for Zaniba Tayakata, you are busy on Baba Jebu saying, Ah, we are winning today, we are playing today. You know everything about the premiership, but you know nothing about your kingship. You can talk about all the babes in the hood, but how far with your priesthood? Yet you say, I want to be as kind as Robin Hood. Please help me look at your neighbor. Say, how far with your disciplines? In fact, that was a lazy way of asking them. If you don't mind, help me jump over that neighbor. Look at the other neighbor who looks like they've not seen you in a long time. And tell that person, I know you have dreams. But can we work on your disciplines? I discovered that many people talk a big game. People will say, I want to be this, I want to be that. But if I look at your daily schedule, your daily routines and your priorities, I can tell you what you will be in three years. Why is that? Three years are a combination of months. Months are a combination of weeks. Weeks are a combination of days. So if a day is too big for you to direct, a decade is too massive for you to influence. Dreams are free, but disciplines will cost you. And so what happens to Louis many times we see people who are committed to the disciplines of transformation, to the disciplines of change, and we see their results. So let's let's use this as an example. I want to be fit, I want to be firm, fit firm as fit firm. 
But you see, feet farm, you have to be feet farm, F-A-R-M, because you've got to cultivate. So you want to be feet farm, you don't want one bag, you want six pack. Running, you don't run. Jogging, you don't jog. Walking, you don't walk. You lie down and you're watching Netflix. Whilst all all you're doing is desiring that one day I'll be trim and I'll be Are you here now? The kid say, Don't work that way, don't work that way. Anything they serve, they say, Put. Do you want egg? Put them. Shaki, put them. Bokoto, put them. Abodi, put them. Salmon, put them. Don't eat salmon to eat salmonella. Roundabout, put them. Ejakika. Ejarok, Momo. Everything. Let, let me ask another question. So, you say, I don't even want lovely children, beautiful children, just amazing, cute, cute little children just running around, mini me all around the house. Right? But when somebody upsets you and irritates you, you give them more than a piece of your mind. You give them your whole mind till you're mindless. Your words are like a double-edged sword piercing to divide asunder. You slash and trash talk and stalk. When you're not jack, you have more than a beanstalk. Are you seeing that? You're so irritable and quick-tempered and you want to have children. May you not throw a baby against the wall. Because kids sometimes can drive you to the wall. So when God gives you a prophecy, can you reverse engineer that prophecy? Instead of just dancing around what you see in the future, can you ask, who do I need to be in the present to manifest what I see in the future? Because it's going to cost you something between your current state and your future estate. It's going to cost you something. This is key. The disciplines that can deliver the dream and the desires. The consecrations that can deliver the things that you're on a quest for. Do you have the disciplines? Oh, I want to be a world-renowned speaker. Awesome. Great desire. How many books have you read? By world famous speakers. Where are you investing your money? Who is your coach? What events do we find you in? You want to be a speaker, but every time you're having a good time at the good beach with some bad. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Christopher service, and I've, I've made mention of to that message a number of times. Christopher service, I look at my life, I'm leaving out exactly what God said. See the harvest. Structure for the harvest. Sow for the harvest. Seize that. Who remembers that? Look at my personal life. 
Look at dream space. Look at the things I've done in the visible dimension. I am not teaching you what does not work. I don't, I'm too old to waste your time. But it will not work if you don't work it. Oh, your, your ears are not responding. Your disciplines. Oh, I see me in the future. I am a kingdom financier. But that 300 you've been given since before lockdown is the same 300. You don't know that even though it's the same 300, inflation has reduced the money. So you're paying every other person more. Conductor, you're paying him more. Bag of rice seller, more. Onidiri, hairdresser, paying her more. Rent, pay more. Offering is now less. Did you see? Can we get... Can I talk? Say, God, I don't know what's happening. (laughs) God, I beg. I think God beg you. (laughs) You see that? But this is what, what it takes. Joseph, you have that dream. But we need to work on your disciplines and a major part of your disciplines what you do with your mouth you're eating you're speaking what you do with your mouth so discipline this week you're not going to be eating the way you normally eat because you need to fast why does God discipline your mouth first because the things that control your life have to do with your mouth your heart's very important, your mind very important, but the part of your body, the physical body, that affects your life the most is your mouth. Are you, I hope you know that. Yes, Death and life are in the power of the... T- where's the tongue? So the tongue is a fire. It's, that it's like a rudder that controls the whole sheep. And so one of the major things we also see, the fall of man in the beginning had to do with his mouth. What he ate, his mouth. Look at him and say, where's your mouth these days? Where you put in your mouth these days? Look, look at your neighbor and say, who you giving your mouth to these days? Some of you need a Holy Ghost mouthwash. Oh, Lord, sanctify mouths in this place. Lord, sanctify. Am I painting images in your mind? I don't need to paint images in your mind. I'm trying to delete the images in your mind. Look at your neighbor and say, Lord, cleanse my mouth. Some of you don't need mouth cleansing. As we're talking about mouth, everybody didn't even brush this morning. Why are you saying, wow, is there anybody here who wants to tell me that there's never been a day since you're 20, 30, 40 years old of living where you forgot or you ran out? You went back inside. When you go back inside, to brush, no, no, that you forgot. You shall have forgot. Don't say face. You forgot. Raise your hand if we're here. You forgot. You ran out of toothpaste. You're not in the mood. Water stopped running. You've never forgotten. All hail. You know the interesting thing about some people claim they have forgotten is that they actually forgot. <laughs> that they forgot. 
So it's all right. And let me tell you, even if you forgot, when you had caregivers, when you were a baby, chances are that there was a day the house helped the nanny, the baby forgot or intentionally allowed your mouth to boom. <laughs> Say as you find. Not only work out come, you won't brush your mouth, dirty girl. Disciplines. They hated him for his dream and for his words. Why? Many of us run our mouths. And when we run our mouths, it's difficult to run our lives. Because your tongue is a tool that determines the trajectory of your life. So the first man fell based on what he ate. The last man fell based on what he said. Sorry, the last man, Adam, rose based on what he said. That's Jesus. He said, I'll pull down this temple and bring it up. It's about your mouth, your disciplines. Some of you are like, I'm going to be a a world-class therapist and coach. But everything your clients have told you so far has become a post on social media. I want to be a pastor. I want to be a pastor. But everybody's secrets has become a sermon series. <laughs> Look at neighbor say, are you hearing now? Tell anybody, I know you're here in now. But are you hearing now? Let me give you another scripture for this. Ecclesiastes 10, 16 to 18. War to you, O land. Ecclesiastes 10, 16 to 18. War to you, O land, when your king is a child. He's a king. He has a great destiny. If I live in the destiny, royalty, palace, and all of that. But the king is a child, and thy princes, what do they do? They eat in the morning. In other words, they gratify themselves before the day starts. Blessed art thou, O land. Can you give us NKJV? When your king is the son of nobles and your princes. Come on, let's do that together. When they... Let's take it together. Feast at the proper time. Feast at the proper time. Shout it. Shout it. Shout it. God has nothing against you feasting. But he's particular about the timing. So when they raised your money, your salary, your income from 250,000 naira to 400k and all of a sudden you also raised your expenses from iPhone 10 to iPhone 14. We need to buy a certain kind of air conditioning for you called Hisense. Because you need it. I did a post yesterday that PLT has high sense. That's why she keeps me cool. Because she's more than a fan. Here's the deal. Feast at the proper time. Everybody likes to feast. Who doesn't like to feast? 
But God says there is a time for that. And whenever, watch this, you feast at the wrong time, you are postponing your suffering and the suffering will be greater because inflation also affects suffering. I learned this a long time ago and so helped me greatly. Anything that you ought to do that you don't do when you should do it will cost you more to do when you eventually do it. So love inflation is not just about Fiscal policies and F-I-S-C-A-L policies, it's also a life principle that will cost you more to do the right thing later than the right time to do it. Are we hearing it? It's a good idea to write, and it's a good just even if it's just scriptural references so you can meditate, it's a good idea. So let me just look it. Because also part of discipline, I hope you know that. It's also part of discipline to train more parts of your being, your body, to engage the word of God. It's also part of discipline to do that. Is this point clear? What's the to-do here? The to-do here is whatever God has shown me in a prophecy, in a word, in a voice, I need to go and ask God what are the disciplines for this life. Listen to this. Jesus was in, okay, I'll talk about that later. But Jesus said to them, let's move. Let's number 12, number 12. Maybe the pressure is getting worse because you're distracted by other people's successes and seasons and cycles of harvest. Now, this is a little different from comparing yourself and all that envious stuff. This one is not really like you're envious or comparing. It's just that there's successes in your face. Oh, come on. Anybody seen that before? So don't be saying it before. But the thing they tension you somehow. So you, you wish them well. Who knows what I'm talking about? You wish them well. But it's in your face. Now, if God allows the success of other people to be in your face, take it as God's mercy giving you an advertisement of what is possible for you to. However, the enemy is a master at hijacking what God wants, what God wants to do and coloring it bad. Color me bad. Coloring it bad. Now what does that mean? What God wants is for you to sit back doing that stuff and really just killing it as they'll say in the culture. And then you're inspired to say, oh wow, I knew when she started. You know how it happens. Be like, And I know when they started. Oh, you know that. They also start saying about you. Saying that about you. Amen. So when you have, and I know when she started, oh, so the natural tendency to, ah, now wow, we started about the same time, or I even started before her, or before him. Now, you can get to a point where you're noticing it so much, that's all you're noticing. So all you're noticing is how well they are doing, not what they did. Are you here? The process, the templates, the inspiration, the partnerships, the psychology and so you, you can't even focus on your own race so you're not envious you're not even comparing but you're distracted 
You are so distracted that you can describe their dream more than your vision. You are so distracted that you pay more attention to their harvest than your own seeds. You are so enamored. You know how you can hail somebody so much. Oh, can I talk now? It can even be a crutch. Where every time you see that person's post, you are liking their post, putting comments, saying, you are so hot, you are so good, you are so this. But you, to post on your own page, you are not doing it. You are more committed to their own traction than you are to your own progression. And this is not selfishness, this is responsibility. Because you just want to be associated with the in thing. Oh, can I talk now? The quietness, what does it mean? Does it mean it's sinking? As long as you are around where it's happening, you forget what God has given you to bless the world with. So you have become a chief celebrant of other people's successes, but not effectively committed to what God wants to birth into the world through you. If you enter, say enter. Can we look at this? Can we look at Proverbs 4, 23 to 27? Proverbs 4, 23 to 27, see what it says. It's amazing now what it says. It says, Proverbs 4, 23 to 27. Guard your heart with all the Jesus wants us keep your heart. What was the first commandment God gave Adam in the garden? What did he say? You put him in the garden to tend it and to to keep it. There is a state in which your heart operates the best. Right? There's a phone. There's a phone. There's a state in which this operates the best. I hope you know that. I hope you know that as the battery begins to run out or run down, there's some apps that will not work. Do you know? Most phones now have a low battery mode. And so that means there's certain things that you cannot do when the battery is low. So if I want to use it, I'll be like, please keep my phone charged. Keep my phone safe. Keep my phone away. So keeping is a multidimensional responsibility. (laughs) Keep it safe. Keep it sound. Keep it healthy. Keep it useful. Keep it loaded with airtime because the battery can be full but you still can make calls if you don't keep it credited. Do we get it? So keep your heart with what? Oh, come on, talk to me now. Did he say keep your wife with all diligence? Does it say that? Does it keep your husband with all diligence? Does it keep your marriage with all diligence? Does it keep your business with all diligence? Why is it addressing the heart? Every other thing in your life will depend on the state of your heart. So he said, don't let me give you too many instructions that you'll forget. Let me give you one that will benefit every facet of your life. If you have diligence, use all the diligence in this world 
to keep your heart. Why? Because your heart will either become a garden or a desert. Or a place filled with weeds and thorns. Every thought in your heart is a seed. Ask your neighbor, what's growing in your heart? Keep your heart with all diligence. Why? For out of it spring the issues of life. The issues of your life don't come from Asarok. They don't come from Capitol Hill or the White House or the Kremlin in Russia. They don't come from Buckingham Palace or 10 Downing Street. The issues of your life, they come from the capital of your life or your headquarters or your heart quarters. I know you are quiet, but I hope you are hearing. That's the one that is most important. Because I can cause you to shout. Are you hearing? Are you understanding it? It's important. Now, why does it keep your heart? Do you know something? Keeping your heart is a full-time job. And you know another thing? Keeping your heart is your personal responsibility. You are in the best position to keep your heart. How many of you were in a relationship with somebody and you thought the person was one thing but after three months or six months or 11 months or two years they showed you their true colors. Now they had hinted you that I am aquamarine before. They had hinted you. (laughs) But he said no. Yeah mercy because they are mercy. So mercy said no. You said no. You are ox blood. That's okay if you say so. Two weeks later, they showed you. Aquamarine, me. I'm not from Aquabom, I'm a marine spirit. Aqua. Say no. I reject in Jesus' name. I confess and profess. That you are ox blood. I manifest. Then they showed you later. The last time they became the ox and they started drawing your blood. This is metaphorical, you get what I'm saying? Now, you don't really know people until after seasons have passed. Now, does it mean you go around suspecting everybody's eyes? I'm suspecting you look, you look like you have some winchness inside you. <laughs> I reject that in Jesus' name, right? You don't go around and say, huh? You look like a backstabber. I must always protect my back because I had before. No, that's not what you do. The Bible does not say go around suspecting people's hearts. It said, guard your heart. Why? Let me tell you why. If somebody has bad plans to take you out or whatever, but your heart is right, your heart is pure, do you know by the pure stream of divine intelligence, you will know how to avoid danger? But when you're doing busybody everywhere, monitoring people's hearts like pacemaker, (laughs) and you're suspecting people up and down, life you will not live, which you are not, but you behave like one. 
and you will not be able to discern because you become manipulative. You want to con- you know people that want to control everything. Uh-huh. You you know it. You want to control everything, and sometimes it can be very subtle. We're systematically manipulative. Look at your neighbor, say that your heart's guard it. Keep it. But that's not where it ends. Give us the next one. He said, put away from you. Give, give us the next verse, people. He said, put away from you what? Verse 23, verse 24. Put away. Proverbs 4. Where are they? Proverbs 4, 24. Put away from you what? What did I say about disciplines? A lot has to do with your mouth. What you say, what you don't say. What you eat, what you don't eat. And perverse lips put far from thee. Then the next thing. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you why ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be so he's saying keep your eyes straight ahead put your eyes straight ahead now I don't even know if I'm looking in that direction my peripheral view can pick up, pick up things I'm not directly looking at God is saying, when you see other people's successes, after you've celebrated them, congratulate them in your space, congratulate acknowledge, focus on your focus. And whatever else you are seeing is your peripheral vision. Oh my word. But use the inspiration of what you've seen to focus on your assignment. Give me verse 25. Let your eyes do what? Do you know what let is? You are in control. Because some of us are probably, hey, Bulake got married three weeks ago. Hey, Bulake got married five weeks ago. Ah, Bulama got married. Hey, Kikala got married. Ah, whilst you're doing all of that, you're not seeing the Kool Aid that God has placed in your path. You have become a professional Bella Nigel comment section organizer. Said the eyes are giving, look at me. Who else is crushing on the groom's lips? Let's gather here. 300 likes on your comments. Yet after your comments, you don't like what your life looks like. Can I talk now? He said, let your eyes do what? Some of us, our eyes are bye-bye. You've seen everything. God says, here's the deal. Let me tell you what. Let me tell you what. Google, come help me. Google, come help me. If you're keeping your eyes straight. And I said, come, come. I said, it's the pink for me. Today's pink day. <laughs> All right. Are you feeling tall? Okay, you're wearing heels. Though I lifted my eyes to the heels. Said, <laughs> so, look, just look. Can you say no? Just look in one direction. So she's looking there, right? Now, because she's looking in that direction, smiling that more, I guess. Looking in that direction is just pure sisterly love. Don't get this right. She's looking in that direction. You know that at least I know where she's looking. 
so I can help her make adjustments. If you focus long enough, you will be consistent enough for us to know where you are wrong. And so when we know where you're wrong, we can then make adjustments. Because even the clock that tells the wrong time tells it right twice a day. But when you're like this, we don't know whether it's a style, whether you have a hormonal dysfunction, an endocrine complication, we don't know. Or whether it's just a family way of being. Are we here now? So he says, thank you very much. Please go straight. Look straight. Straight ahead. And your eyelids. I don't know if anybody could do that stuff in primary school. I don't know. We used to do weird stuff. Where I just do your eye like this. The, the pink part. That's so gross. Like, I don't, I don't know. All kinds of weird things. People roll their tongues. I can't even roll my tongue. I can do that, you know, I can do that. But Simon can do. Right, so, so we have all those things we do. And Simon used to open their eyelids this way. Let's fly, not go and enter. Now close. Hey! Say <laughs> so a bump, bump on the eyelid. But you know, your eyelids can be pulled up. And up, and when you're not looking straight, stuff can get into your eye that were not designed for your vision. This is what they call in Yoruba Oloju Kokoro. That's eye that has insect. Insect has entered the eye. The breakdown of the word is actually Oloju Kokoro. That's the eye is not leaving it. When your eyes are not on your vision. You will get vision that is not from God. Try to make it yours and waste your life trying to be what God has not sent you to be and still be frustrated because you are not copying them well enough. It's like this morning in surgery. Can we talk now? I wish many people in this generation would just first of all calm down. You know why? When you're 21 or 22, there are many things that seem very important. 20 years down the line, you're like, what was I doing? So you know all this rave about, I want to be popular, I want to be on TikTok. I want to be... <laughs> In 10 years, like folks are going to be like, what was I doing? Develop substance, capacity, depth, resilience, consistency, steam power, focus, accountability. These are the intangibles that make men and women where is it men generic so my peripheral vision should inspire me there's some there's a, an expression I love to use P-O-P-S that's why I guess call me Pops by P-O-P-S they call me Pops because I'm your Pops I'm your picture of possibilities I've marked those who were clapping. Those are my real. <laughs> the Hebrews understood that. My father is a picture 
of me in an advanced state. So most Jewish businesses are Abraham and sons. They are, they are with their sons. Right? At some point, we're going to teach you how do you follow. Because some of you, you don't even know how to follow. You just know how to admire. And you know, the fact that you admire someone does not mean you're following him. I hope you know that. The fact that you're proud of me doesn't mean you're following me. Because following me, come, come help me, Jared. Let me show you what. You can admire me, I know. Yeah, just admire me. Like, admire me. So I'm, I'm walking, I'm moving. She's admiring, but she's not following. Watch this. Admiring me, you can look at my physical features. But following me, you're looking at my steps. So Pedam's invest in land. I gotta invest in land. Pedam says he reads six chapters of the Bible a day, between three and six. Hey, guy, how far? Oh, some of you don't ask me certain questions. So that's why I know you're not even following because people, me, I'm following when I get a chance with them. If I, before I get a chance with them, I have a list of questions. By your questions, I know the direction of your mind. By the direction of your mind, I can tell your potential destination. I don't want to give you a secret. The secret I was going to give, I won't give it. I will not. <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> I, won't, I won't go into details but if you ever see me spending more time with certain persons certain persons most of the time 7 out of 10 times is one of two things they're either dealing with very very serious issues that require my ongoing pastoral presence or number 2 I have seen the questions they ask me the steps they take based on what I've taught or what I've done, they are following. So Jesus spent more time with the disciples because the disciples were not just following the bread and fish. The Bible says the disciples would ask him certain questions. And one of the greatest delights of a teacher is a student that draws the water out of his depths. I won't go deep. But I'm telling you, if there's anybody that you think, oh, P-Dams likes this person, or P-Dams is close to this person, or this, you know, these are the P-Dams special peoples. Yeah. There might be a third category, but I won't share that. All right. Look at anybody. So let's practice. Let's practice. Let's practice. Look straight without blinking for one minute. Mainland, are we doing good on the mainland? If you're on the mainland, you're doing good. Can you stand and shout yes? Wherever you are, throw up your hands in the air and shout yes. If you're on mainland, can you throw up your hands and shout yes? People are not looking straight. Look straight. And don't blink. (laughs) Oh, my word. Okay. <laughs> All right. A 
I was going to give a, a third category to that list, but let me leave it. So we draw inspiration, but never allow inspiration deteriorate into distraction. There's a way you can become so inspired by somebody that you are trying too hard to live their life in yours. And so you feel, so let's assume that you have a mentor. Sunday, let's say you have a mentor. And your mentor is a business guy. And maybe he told you, oh, we just bought like six acres of land. And we're using one acre for cattle. We're using another uh, acre for fisheries and all of that. And you're, maybe you're an author. And you're writing a book. Then you now begin to think in your, to yourself, ah, if I don't have an acre of land for my publishing business, I'm a failure. You know, there's a way the subconscious mind can transfer a template that is not yours. No. That's unfair. Another thing you must understand is stage of life. Stage of life. So you're 20 something, your mentors are in their late 30s or something like that, and they have this amazing results. Let me tell you something your mentors, your leaders, your pastors, and teachers are not looking for you to generate their kind of results. They're looking for you to demonstrate their level of commitment and consistency. So we are more inspired by your progress than your achievement. It's not the achievement. Many of the things I celebrate in, in your lives, in many of your lives, are not, they are not big deals. But what makes them big deals is I know where you were before you took that step. So when you took that step, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be a like, champion. Like, but really and truly, it's not that much of a big deal. But it's a big deal because it reveals your growth. And your growth is a reflection of the administration of grace through my life and my ministry. And so it's a big deal. Though it's not a big deal. So let me ask you guys. How many of you, let me just, let's just do a poll, I'm honest. How many of you did something and then the way I just hailed you and praised you and celebrated you like, ah, Peter, you're now, you're now just hyping me like, this praise is actually more than what I've done. Just be honest. Raise your hand. But did it help your soul? Did it help you do it better? And because I'm also not praising and celebrating you based on where you are, but based on what I've seen, and I want you to accelerate, I want you to move, I want you to, to ride on that and fly. We here now? Number 13. All right, now let me give you another thing on the number, number 12. Take a seed of what you desire and do it for another. That's under number 12 now. Not being distracted. Take a seed of what you desire. So let's say you're trusting God for... You want to start earning a millionaire. Right? Maybe you're earning 400 or 500,000. You want to earn a millionaire a month. Take a seed of that. What do I mean by seed of that? Who would you bless if you stay earning a millionaire? So let's say your parents. Oh, bless my parents. Maybe all you've given your parents for 20k or 30k. Oh, airtime, you know, diesel fuel or whatever, something. And you're trusting God for a millionaire. Take a hundred thousand and go and give it to them. You know why? A lot of people feel like it's just completely spiritual. Yes, it's spiritual. But let me tell you what's also true. There's something called training your soul or training your subconscious mind. And when you take the action that people on a certain level take, 
your subconscious mind assumes that it's now operating at that level. (laughs) Oh, mama. And because it assumes, your subconscious mind does not know the difference between what is real and what is imagined. Because it begins to assume that state, it begins to act like it's already in that level. And because it acts like it's already in that level, people begin to relate with it. Let me not start talking. Let me just let me use an example that may that might let me not use it, don't worry. Just go and do it. <laughs> let me put it like this. Don't reduce your dreams to the level of your discipline. Elevate your discipline to the level of your dreams. Stop discounting your soul by offering less than or allowing people to offer you what is less than what God has called you to be and do. I'm really tempted to share something. Some of you might, if you really want to hear what I want to say now, it has to do with some money and stuff. You can ask me later. Maybe I might tell you, depending on whether I think you are able to process it meaningfully on your life's journey where you are. Number 13. Maybe the pressure is getting worse because you are living in, guess what now? Disobedience. Delayed obedience. Partial obedience. Or complete disobedience to a divine law, a principle, or an instruction. Maybe. Maybe the pressure is getting worse because you are living in disobedience, delayed obedience, partial obedience, or complete disobedience to a divine law, principle, or instruction. Maybe. Maybe. Now what does that mean? See, God loves you. God cares for you. And because God loves you, watch this now. He created a planet called the earth. And to govern the earth, he did not allow the earth operates just based on how the earth feels like. Imagine if the earth operated just the way it felt like. So today the earth is not feeling so good. Let's just look like a plate. Now imagine the earth just becoming a plate. No, talk now. Do you think it would be nice? You just wake up and everywhere is flat. No hills, no mountains, no trees, everything. Blah. Or imagine the earth just turned into a donut. Like there's a big, just reports richness now. The BBC studios reveal that there's a massive hole in Greenwich. And then there will not be a voice. Oh, ha, 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 ha. I am planet Earth, Earth, Earth. You all have been abusing me for years. Now, now, now. I am a do not. Eat me if you can. Can, can, can. He can do that. 
So what governs the earth, the rise and fall of weather, temperature? Imagine if all of a sudden you just saw a dash of snow in this room. Boom, inside this place. What governs that? What stops that from happening are called laws. Right? And principles. So laws and principles were not given to restrict you. They were given to regulate the earth so it can work for you. Oh my word. Oh my word. It's so that if you understand the laws and the principles, then you can engage the earth intelligently, productively, progressively, prosperously. And you don't have to be at the beck and call of circumstances situations. So the things that do not align with the principles are one of encounters or few and far between. Why do those things happen? Because you're in an imperfect earth, right? More like you have imperfect people who break principles and sometimes their breaking of those principles can actually affect your own health and sanity in the system. Isn't that so? So principles and laws were not given for God to oppress, harass, intimidate, and break you. No, they were given to help you. What that then means is that if there is a law or a principle that you don't honor, you suffer. Why? Because if the law is broken, suffering must happen. If snow falls where it should not fall, somebody will suffer. If the sun goes beyond a certain temperature, people begin to suffer. Come on. So breaking of laws and principles will produce suffering. So an example. God said to them, so the laws, instructions, principles... Sometimes an instruction, it's not even a lawyer principle, an instruction. God said for the next three months, give XYZ amount of money to this person or that person. Or God said for the next two weeks, make sure you don't watch any movie. These are instructions. So, nah, I must do that. I must do that. I must. You now go and watch the movie, then you now see the lead actor looking like the Caucasian version of your ex. He has a big chest and he wants to partake of your treasure chest. Even though your name is not treasure, you are like I go chest them. <laughs> are you getting it? <laughs> Laugh it out, it's okay. We can handle it. We can handle it. We can. Glory, are you are you okay? Is this glorious enough? Can, can you take it? <laughs> so that trigger now happens. Let's say his name is Falabi, Falabi, Falabi. Next thing, Falabi. Falabi. Everybody's doing me, Falabi. You don't know that's close to your fall, Abby. So, so sometimes God may not give you the five to seven steps 
of what he wants you to avoid. He just gives you an instruction. The doctor just says, take three pills two times a day. He doesn't have to tell you, this one is hydrochlorochlorochloromanumanianana acid. Change your face, twist your belly, run your nose, queen. (laughs) So the instructions of God are like capsules that make us function well. And the laws of God are put in place to let the earth deliver to us what God has in mind. So when I violate the laws of giving, something suffers in my finances. Violate the law of relationships, something suffers in my relationships. But it see, it's not. Let me give you an example. Everybody, please stand. Those who are wearing heels, please don't do this. If you're wearing heels, please don't do this. And if you have maybe some challenges with your knees, receive your healing in the name of Jesus. But if you can afford to do it, right? I hope this thing doesn't cave in. Just jump, just jump. All right, great. I guess I'm showing off the athletic skills. Let Charles not go and tear. <laughs> right? Now, now, you jumped, right? When you jumped, did you come down? Did the dad say, ah, no, this is from a cry bomb. Making floats. <laughs> oh, Kala, when I Kala, I guess she be. <laughs> so, this one is married. Come on. Honeymoon. Everybody comes down. The principle is no respecter of gender, height, skin color, longevity, religion. Say simple, simple. They don't even believe in God, but but they they have, cause they honor the laws of production and the laws of generosity. Because most of the billionaires you're using as your templates, they give more than ten percent to the causes they believe in. And you, to the God you say is your God, you're saying, ten percent is an Old Testament. Yes, it is. But because your New Testament should go beyond the ten percent. Can we talk now, practicalities? Not from fear or regulation, but from love. Isn't that so? I want to be like Oprah. I want to be like Tyler Perry. Do you know how much they give to their causes? The LGBTQ agenda is one of the most funded Ralph Lauren, L- Ralph Lauren have been investing in that agenda for I think about 30 or 50 years or something. It's online, you can, you can Google it. Are we getting this now? Can we take one or two more? Or we should just close here. Let me read the scriptures here and we might close. Please be seated. Exodus 32, 9 to 10. Exodus 32, 9 to 10. See what it says. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen those people. Help us, media, so you can follow. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen those people. And indeed, it is a stiff-necked people. Now, therefore, God said, let me alone that my wrath may burn hot against them and I may consume them. And God said to Moses, because you, you are obedient and pliable and responsive, I will now make of you a great nation. How many of you, how many of us know that God actually made Moses an offer? This is why I should thank God for great leaders. 
I'm telling you, like the leaders we have in this house, we are not just happy to succeed on our own. Pastor, are you just happy to be doing well on your own? You want everybody, right? 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 At least me, I know I want everybody. Let me tell you the truth. God has really helped me in my life. I'm not doing badly. But until you start doing better, I won't feel better. I won't feel as good. I'll feel good though. But I won't feel as good. My joy is in your joy. Look at just stop delaying my pastor's joy joy. You know why? God said to Moses, let me wipe out these people and you, I will make you. That thing I promised Abraham, Moses, we can start again. That's what God was saying to Moses. Said these people, they are coconut head. They don't used to listen. See, God said, the verse before this, verse 9, what does it say? Verse 9. And indeed, it is a all of them. God said, turn. We are not turning. Come to service early. Except to the special service. Give. When I make my first one million dollars. Network with single people. They are my spiritual brothers and sisters. Join a tribe. I am already a member of my village people. <laughs> Look at your neighbor. Say, fix your face. Say, move your neck. No more stiff necked. See, God, the Bible says that God suffers long, that his patience is not quick. You know the quick vex, he's slow to anger. For God to sum up somebody's character and say this one, stiff neck. You know that it has reached the eye. <laughs> A whole God. A whole God. Mainlanders, do you agree with me? Do you agree with me? Shout if you agree with me. That's the God of heaven. This God has seen giraffe before. He said giraffe neck, no stiff like this. God said, guys, let, let me wipe these guys out. You know what he was saying? Let me tell you what God was saying. God was saying, one obedient Moses brings me more pleasure than three million stiff naked people. That's what God was saying. And which one of us here doesn't like people or feel a certain level of affection to people who do what you tell them to do or what is right? Who, who here does not ju- ju- just feel a little bit more endeared? Can we t- anybody who's led anybody before? If I led anything, which one would you rather lead a puppy or a goat? Puppy, come. Goat. So when people say you have the ghost, ask them which one. Is it bro red? Tungan Shanu white. Are we? You get it now. 
God said, let's start again. And God could say that because he had done it before. So there were Noah again. So was saying to Moses, let's wipe out those guys, man. And let's, <laughs> let's get it started. <laughs> Are we here? Are we good? This is the last verse I'll read for today. Amen. First Samuel 15, 20 to 23. First Samuel 15, 20 to But you know what Moses did? Moses was such a good leader. He interceded for them. Said so God, no. Ah, bros. Now God, you be now. Bros, G. God, I beg. I think. <laughs> and as leaders, we must intercede. Especially when we're frustrated. Because let me tell you one of let me tell you one of the things that you want to do. If you have any leader in your life, spiritual, physical, financial work, always try to know what's on their heart and try to do it before they ask. You know why? The Bible says the king's wrath is a messenger of death. But the favor of a king is like dew upon the earth. Which means that every time a leader is upset with you, it sends a message that has a potential of killing something in your life. <laughs> I don't have enough time to break it down. But let me, let me give some examples. If you're at work and everybody knows that your boss is upset with you, I hope you know that a number of people, members of staff, will start avoiding you. So that means the opportunities for collaboration. That's why whenever you're having attacks from leadership, don't take it lightly. It's not a light thing. It's a spiritual war. So you try to negotiate or mediate or mediate or whatever. If it doesn't work, you have to go and deal with it in the altar, in the private place. Because what the enemy is trying to do is that he's trying to complicate your journey. I don't have enough time to explain. The Lord will give you understanding. You have the spirit of understanding, actually. But it says that the king's favor is like dew upon the earth. You know what dew does? Dew softens the ground. So when the boss likes somebody or a leader likes somebody, the place is, the work is smoother, isn't it? Your life will be smoother. How many of you have received gifts from your bosses that you're not expecting? Most of the time, was something you did that month or before, maybe two or three months before, they, they had it in mind that one day, when something opens up, I will buy this one car. <laughs> She's receiving her personal revelation. Yeah, but yeah. What's a car? Small. How many millions? Few. Are we getting this now? So try to have a bank account of joy in the heart of your leaders. Try. And it's not always in the big things. Many times actually in the little things. I won't give you any secrets. First Samuel 15, 20, 23. And Saul said to Samuel, but I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me and brought back Agar, king of Amalek. I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites, but the people took off the plunder. 
sheep and oxen, the best of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. So Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delights and bond offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord behold to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams for rebellion is what as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry because you have rejected the word of the Lord he also has rejected you from being king now, let me leave you with this. I want everybody here to go and study this in different ways. It's simple, but it's, it's heavy. Something you do in the natural realm can affect many things in the spiritual realm. Jesus' death was not a spiritual death. He was executed as a man, as a convict. But... He offered that and it affected history forever. History and destiny. An offering is money, is paper. But when it's given the right way, it has spiritual implications. A cup of water that you give a prophet is water. But Jesus said that if you give a prophet, you will receive. Are you following this? The technology of man is such that there is something basic about him that can become something supernatural when done with the right protocols and governance. A prayer of agreement can start out as gisting with your friend. But in the middle of it, your destiny finds definition. Are we here? Praise and worship. It is a natural keyboard. If somebody comes as a dungeon again, they'll play. But when it's being played by somebody who carries the oil of God, depression can be displaced. Are you following what I'm saying now? So when you walk on the streets, you are not a normal somebody. When you give your offering, don't do it casually and squeeze one 500 naira note that even lame and beggarly people will reject. Do it with some dignity and some honor. This is part of my reasonable sacrifice. When it's time for praise and worship, I know that some of us cannot really dance, but you can clap and move from side to side instead of burying yourself in your phone and sending a text message that has no eternal relevance. God told Saul, this one, I'm still trying to manage you. You now want to go and damage yourself. They asked for a king. And guess what? Let me, uh, yeah, can I just explain it a bit? Pivik, God is so merciful and so kind and so considerate and so what? And so willing to walk around our weaknesses and all of that. That God, Jesus is called the son of David. Do you know what this text is telling us? Is that maybe in the provisions of grace, Jesus would have been called the son of Saul. If we knew what disobedience was costing us, we would stop being disobedient. He said, because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. I'm not sure, but it's a possibility. 
are God in the eternal providence and is in his prerogative. Jesus said, I just called, Jesus, son of Saul, have mercy on me. But if they say your savior is son of Saul, how many of you will believe in him like that? And by the way, it's not even a function of moral sin because I hope you know, I hope you know that Saul did not, it's not recorded that he slept with the woman. I hope you know, but David did. So some of the things you are placing, I'm not saying don't place premium on sexual purity. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying many of the things you're playing premium on, that's not the reason for the complications in your life. There's an instruction that is possibly very easy for you to carry out. But you're so attached to it and so connected to it. Are we here? It's also rejected it. What happened? He killed the Amalekites, then the sheep and the goats and all of that. Then Abraham said, let's go and use to offer something to the Lord. God said, I didn't ask you. Who sent you a question? Who asked you a question? He said, I didn't do that. Father, we just thank you because you are exposing areas of disobedience in our hearts today. Areas of partial obedience. For some of us, partial obedience. And what does that mean? You are obeying, but it's not full. You, you are doing some of the things God said, but it's not complete. And God, there might even be some of us who feel like we're good with you when we're really not. And there might be those of us who may feel we're scoring high where we're actually scoring low. So we just cry for mercy now. We cry for mercy. We receive mercy, God. 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 We receive somebody just obtain mercy. Mercy is available. I feel a wave of re- repentance and renewal. I feel a wave of repentance and renewal. God said we're starting again. God said we're beginning again. God says. Let's let's do this. I will follow you. Receive grace and mercy. Receive it. It's available. It's available. It's available. It's available. So we receive the disciplines for our assignments, we receive the consecrations for our calling, we receive the instructions some of you just say Lord help me might be that anger issue, that pride issue there might be one, two, three people here who still have those sexual meetups with their ex or boyfriend or girlfriend or something, mercy is available you cannot overcome it by yourself sustainably to the glory of God. If you overcome it by yourself, by your own power, you will glorify yourself. But when you know it's a stream of grace and it's a work of grace, guess what begins to happen? What begins to happen is that you get healed from within. And then the fountain of God's life will start purifying, purging, cleansing, sanctifying, arranging, organizing, streamlining, molding, shaping. Rabbi God selling the caters. 
Maybe instructions about fasting. Maybe God told you fast the first three days of every month. On the last three days, or have a personal vigil, or pray between 12 and 1, or pray by midday. Lord, remind us of the instructions that we may have forgotten, ignored, abandoned, shoved behind the scene. Or maybe we turn the blind eye from it. Lord, wherever I am stiff-necked and unrepentant, have mercy on me, God. Wherever it is I've become distracted by the success of other people, Lord, help me. Help me to honor, admire, appreciate, and celebrate, but never to become distracted. Clarify my vision concerning my calling. Clarify my devotion. Solidify my character. Hey, Father, we give you praise and glory. I pray particularly for those whose fires have burnt low and are burning out, maybe under activity, even some religious activity or business activity. If you're one of those people, you can place your hand on your chest or your head. You've not been praying like you should. You've not been studying like you should. You've not been fasting like you should. You've not been witnessing like you should. You've been having a drag in your master life or in love with kings or missionary map. Lord, I ask, oh God, that you touch everyone here with a work of grace right now. Touch every man, woman, boy, girl. Lord, feel every heart with the sweet streams of supernatural supply. Invade. Invade. Invade with your breath. Invade. Invade with your voice. Invade. The parts of our lives that we've shut down, closed up. Let the wind of glory now move in those areas. Let there be a release. Let there be empowerment. Let there be equipment. Let there be strength. In the name of Jesus, let the embers of divine fire begin to burn brighter than ever before. Let there be an ignition it of All through November, Lord, set us ablaze. As we enter into SGQ, set us ablaze. Ignite us with fire. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. Thank you, Father. We are stronger, we are bolder, we are bigger, we are better. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen and amen and amen. Generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this how.